Our Father, we just want to thank you for this time we have. It's a wonderful time. It's a time you choose to heal us. You bring forth your healing power to heal your people. The times are seasons are decided by you. And so we are privileged that you called us into this time, not just to gather, have conference, but so that you heal us, so that your word will become reality by the power of your spirit. We are not here to just watch. We are here to receive. And you are a giver. Today there will be healing. Your name be glorified. There will be joy in the house of the righteous. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you expect there will be healing today? Is the church so, gone so deep in unbelief? We can't even expect. The Bible says in the house of the Lord we possess our what? Possessions. Let me ask again. How many of us believe there will be healing today? If you believe, let me see your hand up. I want you to shout hallelujah. Because there will be. There is going to be. And you will receive it. Can I hear amen? So you see, this conference is not just put up so that we have conferences. God, does not, God doesn't do things for doing sake. God does not joke. Doesn't joke. He's always purposeful. If God inspires a conference, it's because he has a purpose for it. It's not, uh, okay, can you give me volume? I thought it's, it's working, right? You're not hearing. Oh, uh, my, my voice is slow. Can you hear me now? Maybe I need the bigger microphone. Okay, so I was saying that God does not do things for doing sake. If you haven't known it, know it now. The reason that when God calls for something and people don't get it because they don't know how God works. They think that, oh, well, they, you know, Sundays they think, oh, do just they go to church. You don't know what you're talking about. It's not just the go to church. You are going to meet with God. You are going to meet with God. And if you meet with God, something must happen. So uh, we have to understand that when God inspires a church, a group of Christians, leaders, uh, you know, life center people to, to put a program, it's because he wants to do, that thing he gives is what he wants to do. If you know how God works, that's exactly what. He won't hide anything from you. He will give you the thing, expect you to come in faith and receive that this is what I'm, I'm talking about. This is what I want to do. So this is a season for healing. Amen. Can I hear a big Amen. So our theme is the Lord who heals you. The Lord who heals you. The Lord who heals me. And the theme text is Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So the topic I want to talk to us today, and remember this starts from Look, for you to get the best, you have to follow from today to Sunday. Let me tell you what is going to happen. You've got to follow from today to Sunday. You've got to. So, the topic I'm talking about today is hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. As a word of introduction, so from our text, we see that one way God heals us is by sending his word to us. Actually, the major way God walks the down earth is by his word. The major way. 
He was by his spirit, but he determines when he does that, how he does that, why he does that. But that's not the way God tells the church to live. <laughs> he said we should live by faith, not by, the, not by gifts of the spirit. So the way he works mostly today is by his word. People hear the gospel, they are saved. You hear the word, you, hear, you get it. That's the way he works mostly today. Mostly today. The ministries that God established that are based on miracles and things, they don't last. Once the man, the motivator dies, everything falls apart. But the ministry that is built on the word of God lasts beyond the person that God used to start. Because the word does not die. Because that, that word gets into people and produces, produces different fruits. And if, whether you die or not, the thing continues. So the word is a very primary way that God works in our lives today. So, we said from our text that, that God sent his word to heal us. He sent the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word. He sent the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word, to bring healing to humanity. He fulfilled healing, deliverance, in Christ for humanity. He's the living word who came to perform what God, God's plan for mankind, the only plan God has for you and for me is Christ. So when Christ finished the performing of it, the Holy Spirit came to declare it, to pronounce it, to talk about it, to raise people, to preach it. So the word came in form of the living word Christ to perform the, the truth of what God planned, which is to heal us, deliver us. Bring us to be his children. But now, after Jesus rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit came and raised preachers. Like Paul, Peter, some people. And they began to draw from what the prophets wrote in the Old Testament. And said, this is what they wrote. It's happened here. This is what they said. It happened on the cross. This is what they wrote. It happened on the cross. And the Holy Spirit began to give us interpretation of what happened on the cross. Without the Holy Spirit and the apostles' writing, we will never know what happened on the cross. Never. You will never know that on that cross, that he destroyed the power of sin, he destroyed the power of Satan. On that cross, he healed. You, there's no way. We can just be telling the story he died on the cross. That's it. But the Holy Spirit came and began to announce and to interpret what God has done, so that people will embrace it, and he, the Holy Spirit, will now manifest it in their lives as they embrace it. So the word came in form of Christ, fulfilled in Christ, but it's being declared also today. So he's sending the word to us today through the mouth of preachers. So as many as believe, they will experience what Christ has done for them. Can I hear amen? So 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is only one God, and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase, listen to this, to purchase freedom for everyone. Freedom for, not half freedom, complete freedom from any bondage at all for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. You see, God... The Holy Spirit came and started giving the word this message. Hey, this is what he died for. This is what he did. He died and purchased freedom to you. You are free, you are free, you are free. See what happened on the cross? He said, this is the message that God is giving to the world at the right time. And the right time is now. 
Then this promise that was fulfilled is now being declared to us. And Isaiah, Isaiah said that we need to believe it, to experience it. Isaiah 53, 1. Who had believed our report? That's a big question for us to answer. And to whom is the arm of the Lord now revealed? To whom is Jesus revealed? Jesus the healer? Jesus the savior? Jesus our life? Jesus our hope? Jesus our wisdom? To whom is he revealed? Except those who believe the report of what he has fulfilled for them. So, there are two things now involved in being able to believe and to experience it. Hearing, because it's been declared, at just the right time, it's been preached. Hearing, and having the heart to believe it. Two things. So you see, let's talk about hearing. You see, in the natural, hearing is very important. But you notice that many people do not take time to hear for various reasons. They don't take time to hear. Before you finish, they know what you want to say. They know you don't understand it. They won't take time to hear you. Sometimes I've had it before. So for so many reasons, we don't take time to hear. And they say life is where? In the ear. They say those that the gods want to kill, they first close their ears. So but the key to hearing is meditation. Many of you will be shocked, but that's true. The key to hearing God is meditation on what God has said. The key, let me say it again. The key to hearing God is meditation. Let me give us an interesting thing. Uh, this is a research that came out. Hearing alone makes you retain only 10 to 20% of what you had. Now, if a Christian retains only 10 to 20%, he will go far with God. Where is the other 80%? 10 to 20%. Reading, reading alone, now the first one is hearing alone. You just heard, you came to church, you heard. A lot of people come to church Sunday, Thursday, wherever. All they retain is 10 to 20%. Can you now see why people are ignorant? And they doubt God. Because with 10%, you can't do much. Can you see what we're talking about? By the time they are the parking lot, they have forgotten everything. They have forgotten everything. And a while before they were in church shouting and dancing, getting excited. Parking lot, beyond the gate, as they are buying something outside that place, they have forgotten everything. My question is, how will it work for you? And you need that word. You need it. Now, this research said that reading alone makes you retain 20 to 40% of what you read. Reading alone. Studying alone makes you retain 40 to 60%. As we take time to study. Memorizing alone makes you retain 60 to 80% of what you hear. But meditating on what you hear makes you retain 80 to 100 percent. You see why the church is ignorant? You that are a Christian, tell me how much of God's word you meditate upon. After hearing a sermon, do you take it home and chew it 
chew it, meditate on it, put it, hear it over and over. My mentor said, my mentor, he said to get a message out of a, a, of a sermon, he said you have to listen to it almost 50 times. And he should know what he's talking about because God used him in a way that's marvelous. Marvelous. The Bible says you, you follow people whose, whose life shows results. It's in your Bible. He said, follow those who through faith and patience obtained what? The promise. He said, those whose life, he said, watch their lives and see the result of their personal individual lives. He said, you follow them. That man has result. In his life, I'm not talking of general, no, no, in his personal life, in his personal life, he has result. So you can see why it's as if the word of God has no power. It does, it does work. It does work. But you have to hear it. You have to hear it, people. And so meditation is thinking about it, talking to the Lord about it, having a discussion with God about it, chewing it like goats chew the cord. You bring it out and they start chewing it again so that it will be rooted in you now, so that you'll be rooted because when storm will come to test you, it has to be rooted. So for us to retain 100%, and 100% really is the best, and it's possible because the scripture says we can do that. Colossians 3.16, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your life. God wants you to retain 100%. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he has given you now. Sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. If we retain a little, get little. If you retain much, you're much. Let's be real. We don't meditate on the word. We rather meditate on politics, television, all manner of things. The worst of it is we meditate on what people did to me, they did this to me, <laughs> and the devil will come and say, yeah, I remember what he did to you, and then you are meditating. And those things you are meditating are the very things through which he will come and destroy your life. We scarcely have time for the word of God. This word, when retained, it is active, very, very active in the, in the life of a person. It's, it, it's spirit, it's life, people. It's extremely active. It, it dislodges everything. Hey, it's so powerful. It, the Lord said to me, he said, do you know my power is limitless? My love is limitless? My word's ability is limitless? No limit to what he can do. No limit. Look at, look at what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word, you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. What does it do? Which also effectively works in us who believe. It works, it has activity. When I read the Bible, I say to myself, this is the word of the living God. This is the word of 
the creator of heaven and earth. This is his word. My first pastor used to kneel down to read the Bible. Effectively working in you, healing you, giving you wisdom, producing strength in you, man, effectively, the word effectively is that it's working highly, producing, because they received it like the word of the living God. Not, not just, you know, went to church. Uh, I, why the sermon was good? Okay. Psalm 119, 49 to 50. Remember the word to your servant, upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction. You see, David, if you read Psalm 119, you will see how much David took the word of God. He says, it's my comfort in my affliction. For your word has given me life. Effectively walking me is my comfort in any affliction, but it has given me life. So Proverbs 4.20 told, told us to retain this word. Meditate on it, keep it, retain it. So that it, it will work in you effectively. My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sins. Attend to it. Incline my ears unto my sins. Let them not depart from thy heart. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Retain it. 100%. How? By meditating. 100%. Twenty-two, for they are life unto those who find them, and hell to all their flesh. I, I, I can't, for the life of me, I can't even imagine why God would tell me how to find health and find life, and I won't do it. <laughs> Honestly, for the life of me, I just can't understand. Do I, is there any better wisdom from anywhere? God said, let me show you how you find health for all your flesh. Every part of your body that is ailing, this is what you do. And then you find life. If your life is not what it should be, do this. No, we won't do that. We will do 40 days dry fast, 60 days dry fast. We'll do this one. We recommend what we do. <laughs> Two days ago, the Lord to me said, He said, Stop leading me. <laughs> he said, What you call leading of the Holy Spirit is not leading at all. He said, You people, you just do what you like and be praying for me to come and help you. He said, Is that leading? Say, so, no, leading is I tell you what to do. You don't tell me what you want to do. You don't tell me what you want to do. I tell you what you should do. He said, when I lead you, I'm in front. You follow behind. So God, in leading us in life, says, do you want health in all your flesh? Do this. My word will work effectively in you. Effectively in you. And they know Paul was writing to Timothy, telling him how powerful the word. He said, this word is too, it's sharper than two edges. It cuts everything. He said, it gets every marrow of your bone. No matter where the sickness is, it will get there and destroy it. And, and take that life out of it. So we should meditate on the word as prescribed. So to sow it deeply. Because symptoms can fight you. But by the time I finish, I will show you how to fight symptoms. So you stop fighting wrongly. If you start fighting rightly, you get results. I got results myself. Very major one, because God corrected me. 
First Timothy 4.15. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself how? Give thyself how? Holy to them. Holy, entirely to them. Why? That thy profiting may appear. So people will see that you profit from the word. That you profit from the word. This is why people are not enthusiastic about going to church, about serving Jesus. Because the word of God doesn't work for them. So they don't see the relevance of God in their life. They don't see. In Joshua, I said, the Bible says, God tells Joshua, you want to succeed? This book of the law shall not depart out of, you know where it is, now Joshua 1, 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of their mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, when you meditate, Joshua, not before, when you meditate, for then, for then, thou shalt make thy way prosperous in every area of life. Prosperous. And then, thou shalt have good success. So when we understand the value of the word of God and we try to show interest and wanting to really, really understand it, the spirit of God goes to work. It goes to work to, to really make you have an understanding. To, he puts it into your spirit. No man can do that. Only him can do that. Jesus said, flesh and blood cannot reveal me to him. You know why Peter followed Jesus? Not because of miracle. He said, you have the word of eternal life. Say, where else can we go? You know, a lot of people don't value the word of eternal life. But the Spirit of God revealed to Peter that why you follow him, it's not because of the miracle. He has the word of what? Eternal life. This word will fix you, Peter. Peter says, so where else can we go? Where else do you want us to go? You have the thing that matters. And God said, Martha has chosen the one thing that is needful to hear this word. So in Acts 16, verse 14, one of them was Lydia from Tyre, a merchant of expensive purple cloth, who worshipped God too, and she listened. She listened to us. You know, during Simon, people start walking around. I sit there and I just look at people and say, God, have mercy on us. I went to court in West Orange. They, they gave me a parking ticket. And I said, I'm not paying it. Because it was in a public holiday, they were not supposed to. So I, I went. I said, I'll go to court and, and stand against the city and we'll fight it. Up. Surprisingly, when I got to court, there were just about eight people. There were not many people in West Orange. But when, once I went to East Orange, the place was packed. No, very few people. And they told us, they said, hey, when the judge comes in, you won't, you won't sit laying back, you have to sit up. And they told us, you have to remove your hand. Just because of a judge, a human being. Just because of a judge, they were instructing us how to sit. You can't walk, you can't, you can't, be good. you don't do that. Because when they, when her, when he, I don't know what they called them, he said, his lordship. Well, I, I, what I called him was sir, because I didn't remember lordship. So when he, when he called my case, I stood there. The pastor was there. I stood there. He said, he read, he read my case. He said, you know, they want to dismiss your case. I said, yes, sir. He said, okay, you can go, you can go, you can go and have fun. I said, okay, have a good day. Of course, I defeated them. They have no case again. But what I'm, the point I'm trying to bring out is 
how they honor a human authority. I said there, I said to myself, hmm, how we sought God. A human authority. They told us you can't sit lay back. You got to sit. I mean, instructing us how to behave because of a judge was coming. It's all part of not knowing God. One of our brothers that went to South Korea called me and said, Pastor, we don't honor God in our, in our country. He said, I came here to this church. He said, you need to come and see what honoring God is. He said, nobody moves around. Nobody. He said, Juanita, he said, me and my husband sat there and we opened our mouth and closed. He said, come and see what it means to honor God. In thousands of people, nobody, if they want to move, it is a sin. He said, you could, not, you could sense the whole place in awe of the presence of God there. She listened to us. Why? This is the word of God. Then the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. Job wrote in Job 33:16. Then he opened the ears of men and sealed their instruction. He sealed the instruction right inside them. The Spirit of God opens it and seals that instruction inside them. Only him can do that. And the Bible calls it the entrance of thy word. Give it light. Give us understanding unto the simple. That is Psalm 119, verse 113. You know that I preach or you preach does not mean you had it. Except the Spirit does this, you can preach it without hearing it. You can preach it. That, that my pastor, senior pastor, doesn't mean it works for me either. No. So John chapter 11, 49, and one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest, that he has said to them, you know nothing at all now, 50. Nor do you, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us so that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. He was preaching the gospel. And the Bible says, now this he did, this, and now this he did not say on his own authority. But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. But he was part of them who condemned him. He, pro he said it. He didn't know it. He didn't understand it. He was part of them who condemned him. That you're preaching, it doesn't mean you understand it. No, no, no. There's this work of the Spirit of God. Only him can do that. Only him. Now, there's Paul was preaching like today. Crowd, man, crowd. But only one man had Paul. It's, it's unbelievable. Only one man had Paul. In, in Acts 14, 7, and there they preached the gospel. They preached the gospel that Jesus heals. Verse 8. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Then the same hard. H-E-A-R-D. Hard. Here. He had Pope speak, 
who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith now to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. Somebody who has never walked his life to leap. It's not testing whether I can. That man really believed he was what. But he started by hearing Paul. He heard. Many were there. They didn't hear. Paul was talking their language, but they didn't hear. But he heard. Let me give us some side talk. This will bless you. You see this hearing God. I'm not talking of audible voice, please. Don't you ever seek audible voice. If you do, demons will get into your life. Don't do that. This idea of hearing God out of scriptures, out of when people are preaching the word and the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and he's speaking to you in your heart, this is how we live our life. It's not just to be healed. This is how we live our life then. But the scripture says that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from where? Out of who? Mount. If you're talking about from mount, it talks of you must hear it. That's how we live our life. And unless we walk, please listen, every Christian, listen to me. Unless we walk in the light of the word, and are led by the Spirit of God daily, we will lose every single battle against the flesh, against demons, every single one of them will be lost. The key to victory is to be led by the Spirit of God. The key to victory in this life that's why the Bible says we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You have to train yourself to be, don't lead the Holy Spirit. Don't, be, don't lead him. Let him lead you in scripture, in teachings, in your, in your home fellowship, in your Sunday school class, in your family prayers, in your personal Bible study, in, 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 in your conscience, 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 in your heart, in the promptings. Train it is. It is indispensable. I can't say it enough. If he leads you through something, you will never lose. It's not possible. Because he's leading you where he is. He's, he's, he's guiding you where he is. Jesus said, my father shows me what he does, so the son will do the same. That's how he was led. Look at 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now, thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. You see, he's always leading us, but you have to follow him. If you don't train yourself to follow him, and you follow your own ideas, it just ruins your life. He said he always, not sometimes, leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge to everyone. So as he's leading you in triumph, he's, he's revealing his, his, his reality to people. As you walk in triumph, your life becomes a testimony to his existence. You know, Adam and Eve, they subverted divine authority. They subverted divine guidance. And they paid a great price for it. You know what they did? The devil went to them and said, as God said. And the devil convinced them to take over 
the decision of what is good and bad by themselves. They were not supposed to decide what is good or what is bad. God was supposed to lead them all the rest of their life. So they took, they took over. They decided what is good, took that authority to decide. God said, everything you do, do everything, but don't you lead yourself. Don't lead yourself. So in Genesis 2.16, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree in the garden thou shalt freely eat, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't touch it. Thou shalt not eat it. For in the day you shall eat thereof, you shall surely die. The devil said, no, you don't have to die. So you can decide what to do. You can decide what you want, you think is good. You can decide it. And they did. And they died. From creation, God created man to depend on him. God created us to be under divine guidance. But they subverted it and the devil made them do that. And even today, even today, even today, look at Romans chapter 8 verse 5. Those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Lord. What is it that pleases the Lord? Faith, trusting God and following him. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. So it's faith. When they follow, they, they think about things that please God, they have to follow him. How to be subservient to his guidance. How to follow him. And then he says in verse 6. Verse 6. Verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Your sinful nature is your flesh, your human thinking, and all those things that's not of God. If you let it lead you, it will lead you to death. God said, if you touch this, Adam, you'll die. It will cut you off from source of life. It will cut you off from me. It's still happening today. He said, but, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. It leads you to intimate fellowship with God and peace, victory. That's how Paul lived his life. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I am also am a follower of Christ. I follow him. You know, he's made the statement, this in Galatians 2.20. Am I communicating to you? If you are following me, shout hallelujah. I'm giving this as a caveat because I know it will help you. <laughs> Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ. When he said not I, it means I don't decide. <laughs> I'm dead. I don't decide. Not I. No, not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me, gave himself for me. So if I'm crucified, how can a man crucified decide anything? How can a dead man decide? He said, I die every day. How can a dead man be decided? He said, no, I trust him. I follow him. He guides me. Jesus said, I don't even have my own words. I don't have, I trust him. He leads me. He guides me. My father walked everything. He, would, he never lost one battle. Never. <laughs> never. It's not possible. Because God says he will lead us in triumph. No matter what that thing is. As long as he's the one leading you, you are bound to overcome. But if you take it upon yourself, oh, now, look at uh, Matthew 16, 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. 
a dangerous trap. You are seeing things merely from human point of view, not from God. You want me to take decisions from human point of view, Peter? It's a dangerous trap. He finished Adam. The second Adam, you want to trap him into that? And then in Proverbs, I read Matthew 16, 23. In Proverbs 29, 25, 29, 25, it says, fearing God is, fearing people is a dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing people is walking in human wisdom, you know, you know, want to do things to please people, make, make yourself happy. The other thing I want to add here is when you go to the Bible, look for Jesus. <laughs> look for Jesus. Don't look for, don't look for the law. Look for Jesus. Look to know what he did for you. Look to know who he is to you. Look to know what he says you can do. Look to know what he says. Everything he says he did for you, that he made you to be. Know them and renew your mind with them. You will never lose anybody. Because you know the truth, it sets you free. It empowers you. Builds your faith. You will live in victory. Because when you find, when you look, if you look for Jesus, you'll find your healer. You find life. You find joy. You find wisdom in him. You find the, the hope, the only hope of glory you have in this world. The only hope, the only hope of victory. You find him. You find your helper. You find your lover. You find your lover. Man, you find your lover. You find true love. So the Pharisees were not looking for him. So they were not interested in hearing him. In Matthew 13, 15 to 16. For these people's heart is washed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should even see with their eyes and, their, and, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. The healer was there, but he couldn't heal them. Because they weren't looking for it. They were looking for Moses and the laws of Moses. They said, we know, we know this Moses, God spoke to him, but this man, we don't know who he is. They were looking for laws of Moses. And they, but Paul said, concerning the law, oh, man, I was perfect. But the law will now heal you. The law will never save you. The law cannot give you healing. can't give you comfort. Only Christ is the Lord that healeth us. Can I hear Amen. So now Jesus was among them. The power of God was there to heal them. But they didn't know him. They, didn't look. they were not looking for him. They were more interested in finding the law he broke so they can accuse him. Luke chapter 5, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law. <laughs> doctors of the law sitting by which were come from every town in Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the last line is, is sad. Brethren, sad. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. He didn't heal them. They didn't know him. He didn't heal them. They were interested in the love. They were not interested in the healer himself. So he couldn't heal them. Then he went to his hometown. The same thing happened. Mark 6, 
And he went out from thence and came unto his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Because that's what he does all the time. He would teach them. So they have faith to believe. Teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence had this man these things? You see, they don't have the heart to receive, to receive it. They had it. Again, that's the second time we talk about the heart. You have to hear, but you have to have the heart to retain. To say, I said, From whence had this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? That even such mighty works are wrought by his hand. It's not this the carpenter. See, they didn't see the healer. They didn't see the healer. Brethren, when you go to the Bible, look for Jesus. He's your savior. He's your life. He's your healer. He's the one that leads you to victory. He's the light that lightens your life. He's the source of your wisdom. He is all and all. If you have him, you are complete. You are good to go. You are good to go. Those that trust in him will never be put to what? You got to go. They saw what they saw. It's not Jesus the healer. It's not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, and of Judah, Simon, are not his sisters here with us. That's who they saw. <laughs> and they were offended at him. They were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor but in his own country and among his own king and his own house. Five. And he could dare, it is sad again. He could dare do no mighty work. He couldn't do anything. Save that he laid his hand upon very few sick food and healed. They could not be healed again. They called him carpenter's son, not the healer. Then he went to nearby villages because he wants to heal people. He went to nearby villages and started to teach them. And when he started to see, they began to hear, and they began to recognize him. Oh, that's the healer. That's the healer. And they started, started healing all of them. Go to the Bible and look for Jesus. I'm telling you now. Look for Jesus. He's there. The Bible points you to him. You find your healer, your savior, the one that mediated peace between you and God. You find the door to God. You find comfort. You find joy. You find, you find everything that God has for you. It's right in Christ Jesus. So Mark says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went around about the villages doing what? Ah, you're not following me. He went about around the villages doing what? Ah? Healing them. What was he doing? Teaching. He would teach first. It's not magic. Teaching. And then let's go down to verse 53. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. And when the people came out of the ship, when, and they, when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him. That's the healer. That's the healer. That's the healer. That's the healer. They knew him. And ran <laughs> through the whole region round about and began to carry about in base those that were sick. Where they had he was, and with that server he entered into villages, cities, country. They let the sick on the streets, besought him that they might touch if it were by the border of his garment. That's the healer. We found the healer. The woman with the issue of blood said, I found this healer. That's the healer. If I touch him, I'm healed. He's the Lord that healed us. 
Can I hear beginning? And he is right here. I'm telling you, whatever two or three, he's here. Find him. He's here. As, it, as many as touch him, well, he wiped it all. No prayer, nothing. <laughs> no prayer, nothing. Because he's the healer. When the Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke, he's talking about Jesus. He's the anointed one. He is the anointed one. Luke 6 17. And he came to pass with them, down with them, and he came and he came down with them and stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples and the great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem from the sea coast of Tyre, Sidon, which came to, they came to what? I want you to read that one. They came to what? I didn't hear you. They came to what? Hear him first, and to be healed. You came to hear him first. You got to hear. This is not magic. The same method Jesus followed is what the Holy Spirit is teaching us to follow. Hear. Got to hear. So you are healed. And faith is personal. Very, very personal. That's why it's your faith that will save you, even every moment. It's your faith that will save you. It's highly personal. On Sunday, I'm going to Teach as the Lord leads me about personal faith and how people should leave people alone. God can heal you through hospital. God can heal you without hospital. The one God guides you to do, you go. Wherever he leads you, go. If he leads you to a doctor, please go. Pray for the doctor. And God will use the doctor and heal you. You see, the same God. He can heal you through hospital today. Tomorrow he can decide not to heal you through hospital. Is he not the one that decides what he does? He said, nobody tells me what I do. Faith, faith is highly personal. Extremely personal. It's not generic. It's your personal faith. And it comes from what you had. And what you believe. So you must hear it for yourself. Personal faith comes by personal hearing. So in Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask have the people of Israel actually had the message now? He said, yes, they have. The message has gone through the earth and the world to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand it? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will arouse your jealousy through, through the time of Moses. God said, I will arouse your jealousy through, through people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. What the scripture is saying here is that faith comes by here. It's personal. If I had and I'm responding and you don't want to hear, leave me alone. Let me follow the one, what I believe. Matthew 9.22. But Jesus turned him about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. My question, if our faith made her whole then, will your faith not make you whole today? Answer me. But you have to hear. Let's go to part two and talk about the heart. 
the heart that believes what he had. We believe with the heart, not with the head. Romans 10, 8. Are you following me? Am I shooting over your head? If you are with me, shout hallelujah. The heart that believes what he had. We believe with the heart, not the head. Not by, we don't intellectualize the things of God. You don't intellectualize it. So Romans 10, 8. But what said it? The word is not even in their mouth and in their heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe, where? Come on, where? Not in your head. Is the Spirit of God will, will take this word and sow it into your heart. And the entrance of the word brings understanding. You see it with your spirit eye. You say, well, yeah, you agree with it. Every other thing might be contrary, but you know what you know. If believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead, that shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes. We believe with the heart, not with the head. We believe unto righteousness. We believe unto being accepted. And with the mouth, we now confess unto salvation. The heart that believes is the heart of a child. The heart. You know, children don't know how to reason anything. I remember one time in Lagos, when my two children were small, I told Lonyek, I said, we're going to America. Before I knew it, he went and dressed up. I forgotten what I told him. He was he has worn his the suit. I think his suit he wore when he, my wife brought that with. I don't know what he wore. He had dressed up. He came that day. We are going. I'm ready. He don't have a visa. <laughs> he didn't have a ticket. Nothing. But because I said that, he went to dress up. God said that's why that's why you follow me. Heart of a child. He says. Matthew eleven twenty five to 26. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise people who know and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Children, they don't know. They don't argue. Babes. Even so, Father, so it seemed good in your sight. The heart, the heart of a child. Anybody who knows too much is proud. God will not really. There's nothing God will do. Talk to you. What's it talking to you about? Because you know already. You know. Then Luke 18, 9. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. That's how you operate in the kingdom. If God says sit down, you sit down. There's no reasoning about it. If God says I'll heal you, believe it. Just take it. Because this is the wisdom of God, which is higher than your own wisdom. And the things that God does, does not originate from the heart of man. He says, he says I do things that abundantly above all you can ask or even think about. How can you understand divine plan? Spiritual realities. The mother of Jesus said, whatever he says to you to do, what? Do it, don't reason, just do it. Because he's God. He will never go wrong. That's the heart. 
Then the other thing is a, the, the fertile heart, the Bible calls it a good heart. A good heart is a heart of a child. A good heart is a heart that is meek. Meek. Easily entreated. James 1.21. Wherefore, lay apart all fitness, spirituality of nothingness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. You have to be meek. You have to. The Bible says, all this nothingness and spirituality, and keep it away. Come to God, know his God, and bow yourself to him. And say, you are, that's why, you know, without God, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe his God. So if it's God and God says something, you just believe him now. If it's God, believe him. If it's not God, then that's why you won't believe him. Because he's not sure what they're talking about. This is not going to work. But you know, we cannot hear, even this evening. Can I hear, amen? We cannot what? Here, even this evening, 1 Corinthians 2, 12. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So you can know you are healed, you can know it. Because we have received the spirit that reveals it to us, starting. Quit things also, we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. We can know it, people. We can hear it. You can understand it. Never believe that you can't understand God. You can because you have the spirit, this same spirit that reveals it is right in you. You can hear it. It's given to you to know the things of God. It is God that said, yes, I have given it to you to understand the things of my kingdom. So you can hear. In 1 John 2, 26, I'm writing this thing to warn you about those who want to lead you astray, but you have received the Holy Spirit now. And he lives within you. So, don't, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. Because the spirit of God will reveal to you when they want to deceive you. For the spirit teaches you everything you need to know. So you can hear. And you have to hear. And you must hear. And you are going to hear. And you are hearing. Praise the Lord. But we need to retain what we've had. We need to retain what we've had. So let's add all this foundation so we can receive healing tonight. So we can receive this healing tonight. Because healing is yours. It's your covenant right. It's giving guarantee. God went to, God has gone to such extent to assure us. You know, one day the Lord said to me, he said, he said do you know, I understand the risk you take when you believe me. He said, I'm not a mindful of the risk you take. He said, sometimes you stake out your life for me. I understand all the risk. You, you gave up. He, he said, I understand all of that. I'm God. I know everything. He said, that's why I've gone to great extent to assure everybody who will run to me for refuge that their faith in me is not a misplaced, misplaced confidence. Because they will see the victory. So you see, your, our healing is, is your covenant, right? Ephesians 1.13. And you, and now, you Gentiles have also heard the truth and the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. This Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. 
He did this so we could praise and glorify him. It's a guarantee that all the blessings of God are yours. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, healing is yours. I didn't hear amen. In fact, I didn't even hear amen. Can I hear a big one? Yes. We say, but pastor, you know, I've never experienced it. You will experience it today. Because it's your own. Let's read the experience of somebody who never experienced it. Luke 8, 43. And a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years. How many years? 12. Which has spent all her living upon physicians. Neither could be healed by any. 44. Came behind him and tore the bottle of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood touched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, Master, the multitude trunched thee, praised thee, and thou said, who touched me? He said, don't worry about that, that person. <laughs> That's not touch of it. That's one person for all this multitude. Remember when Paul prayed, there was only one man that had it. And here was the healer, all the multitude praising, but there was only one person. Only one person who believed that this is the healer. When all the Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude trunk thee and praised thee, and thou said, Who touched me? They're touching you. Everybody's touching you now. And Jesus said, Somebody had touched me. I'm looking for that person who really, really touched me. That person said in her heart, That's the healer. If I go there now, if I touch him, I'll be healed. The other people didn't say anything, they didn't see me as the healer. They weren't expecting anything. Nothing. They were simply curious. And Jesus said, somebody had touched me. For I perceived that virtue had gone out of me. Somebody believed me and power left. God will respond to your faith anywhere you are. Somebody said, somebody believed me. Somebody believed in me. Those that believe in me never will put to shame. Somebody here believes in me. That touch was not the touch of, let me try and see, is he a human being? No. It's a touch that says, if I touch him, this power will work. He's the healer. Verse 47, and when he saw, when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him. And now she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith. He didn't say, I, he said, Your faith had made you whole. Go in peace. There was no prayer here. There was no prayer here. But he found the living word. And said, that's the healer. So the word is being sent to us in this period. The testimony of the living, living Jesus. The testimony of the healer. What he did on the cross. And his presence by his spirit here to heal. And I have I've called some witnesses. 
to speak to us this evening. If you want to hear them, or if you don't want to hear them, I stop here. I have witnesses that will speak to us. Do you want to hear them? I'm calling on Isaiah. Prophet Isaiah will bring his witness to show us what Christ did. The living word. Isaiah 53, 3. I'm reading, I'm reading from a Young's Literal Translation. Sometimes I go back to translations of 1830-something, 1850-something to get the real deal right there. Isaiah 53, he is despised and left of men, a man of pains, acquainted with sickness. As one hiding the face from us, he is despised and we esteem him not. Let's read verse 4 and 5. Verses 4 and 5. Let's go. One, two, go. Surely our sicknesses and Verse 5, he was what? For what? What happened again? What happened again? And what happened again? Then Isaiah said, who believes this report? Simple. Continue. We're not done. Verse 6. All of us like sheep have wandered each to his own way, we have turned, and Jehovah has caused to meet on him the punishment of all of us. Can you put verse 10? Can you go down to verse 10 because of time? Verse 10. And Jehovah had delighted to what? Bruise him. He had made him what? Sick. He shared seed, he prolonged this, and the pleasure of Jehovah in his hand doth what the pleasure of Jehovah is that he made him sick so that you'll be well. That's the pleasure of God. He said God has prospered. He has worked. He pleased God to smite him and God made him sick as a sacrifice so that you and I would be made whole. God made him sick. Bruised him. The Bible says affliction shall not arise twice. It has arisen once on our behalf, it won't arise again. First Peter 2.24. Peter is giving us his testimony. First Peter 2.24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. We believe that Jesus bore our sins, right? Okay. That we, we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. Again, Peter said, by his stripes... We were healed. Exactly what Isaiah said is what Peter is talking about. Now, let's hear Samuel talking about atonement. The blood of Jesus is the blood of atonement. What happened to David that it was written in the book of Samuel? Second Samuel 24, 15. So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning even to the time appointed. And there, there, and there, and there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba. How many people? How many? How many? 70,000. So verse 25. And David built there an altar unto the Lord 
and offered burnt offering and peace offering. So the Lord was entreated for the land, and the plague stayed from Israel. Immediately, there was burnt offering that God recommended. That burnt offering, immediately offered it, the plague stopped. Peace offering, the plague stopped. Right from the Old Testament. The ransom stops plagues. Now look at Job. Job wrote profoundly about Jesus and the grace of God and the value of the blood. Job 33:17. In order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from him, he keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Man is also chastened with pain on his bed, with strong pain in many of his bones, so that his life abhors bread. He's talking about sickness. He says he loses appetite. And his soul succulent food. His flesh wastes away from sight, and his bones stick out, which once were not seen. Verse 22, yes, his soul draws near the pit and his life to the executioner. 23, if there is a messenger for him, a mediator, Job is talking about Jesus. He said, this man, sickness has consumed him, destruction has come upon him, executives upon him, he's under judgment. He said, if there is a mediator, a mediator, one among a thousand, to show man his uprightness, to bring man righteousness. If there's a mediator, look at verse 24, then he is gracious to him. He will show him grace and, and, and says, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a what? A ransom. He said, once the ransom is paid, by the mediator, that man you saw with all manner of sickness will deliver from the pit. Are you following me? Verse 25. 25 is amazing. We can read it. These are bold letters. Let's read. Well, let's go. One to go. What will happen to him now? His flesh shall be young like a child. He shall return to what? The days of his youth, 26. He shall pray to God and he will delight in him. He shall see his face with joy, for he restores to man his righteousness. He's talking about what Jesus would achieve for us. Through his mediatory role and his ransom, God will bring us to righteousness, and all the pain and all these things will stop. If I found a ransom and a mediator, I will restore him to righteousness. I will show him grace. Let me read it again. Then he, he is gracious to him. And says, deliver him from going down to the pit. I found a ransom. A ransom has been paid. 25, his flesh shall now be young like a child. He shall return to the days of his youth. And he shall pray to God. I shall delight in him. He shall see his face with joy. For he restores to man his righteousness. So if you've been restored to righteousness, then your flesh shall return like that of a child. Can I hear amen? Moses, Exodus 22, Exodus 12, 13. And the blood 
shall be to you for a token upon the houses. You see, once a ransom is found, all that execution will stop. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, what will happen? I didn't hear you. Come on, church. What will happen? I will pass over you. And what will happen to the plague? The plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Exactly what Job said. That's what he's saying here. For that, this Job was the scripture that came to me as I was packing to get into this church. And he came to me and the Lord said to me, do Holy Communion. All truth is do Holy Communion. Because when the scripture says when the ransom is found, the plague stays. He said, celebrate the ransom. The plague will be stayed. So in Holy Communion, we celebrate the atonement by the blood. That's what we do. A ransom has been found. A mediator has been found. We celebrate the mediator, we celebrate his blood so that our flesh can come back like that of the youth. And today is the day of the healing. Second Corinthians 6, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God, kindness, and ignore it. Don't ignore this things now. Verse 2, for God says, adjust the right Time, I had you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. I want you to say with me, today is the day of healing. Say it like you mean it. <laughs> you know, my wife shared something with us. I think I did. I when is there something you know, that one preacher was t- Telling an actor, he said, "You, he said, you feel the, you, you feel the auditorium with people coming to watch you act." He said, "But people don't come to church." He said, "Yeah." He said, "We, we, we act falsehood like it's real, but you people talk truth like it's false." I don't know if you know what he's talking about. He said, "We act for what we are acting. We are simply actors. We are not the real people, but we act it like it is real, and people come. But you people have the truth, and when you preach it, you don't preach it like it's real." So they don't believe you. Today is the day of healing. I want to hear a bigger amen. amen. And Jesus is willing. Matthew 8, 2 to 3. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing. Don't say, is he willing to hear me? No, he is. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put his hand Touch him saying, I am willing. This is today. And Jesus is saying, saying to you, I'm what? I am willing. I'm saying, be cleansed. Be cleansed. And you qualify. Oh, don't say, am I qualified? No, you qualify. God already qualified you. Colossians 1.12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Not going to. Qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. He has qualified you to inherit in, the, in what Jesus paid for. God himself qualified you. Nobody can disqualify you. You are qualified. I am qualified. Who has believed the report of God? And the Holy Spirit is here to execute it. 
Jeremiah 1.12, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I will do it. I will do it. Then Job said in Job 42, verse 2, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. Nobody can stop him from healing you today. Because he's here, he's willing, a ransom has been found, a mediator has been found, and you are a candidate for healing. Let me tell you how you enter the rest of God in Hebrew 14. Hebrew 14. For he that is entered into his race, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Let's say any man forge after the same example of unbelief. Listen, you need to learn to enter into the rest of God if you want to see healing, if you want to see God work for you. I want to demonstrate, I want to tell you how God taught me this. This was a few days ago. He said to me, he said, do you know you fight sickness when you go to hospital? I said, yeah. I said, the reason you go to hospital is because you want to leave now. You want to leave, so you go to hospital, so you are fighting, you want to fight back and get your head back. I said, yeah, that's true. He said, but when, when you go to hospital, how do you fight sickness? <laughs> I said, the doctors prescribe, you know, take care of you, prescribe. He said, so what do you do? I said, you go down and sit down now. If they tell you to lie down, you lie quiet. If they want to open you up, they carry you inside, knock you out, open you up. He said, so you don't do anything. I said, yeah. He said, but you are fighting the sickness. I said, yeah. He said, so you are not really fighting it. The doctors are fighting it. But you are the one. But you are fighting it on your behalf. He said, when you come to me, I do the same. You enter my rest. I'm the healer. You are not. You are not. I'm the healer. You can't heal yourself. If you come to me, just trust me. Trust me with your, the same way you go to the doctor and trust him with your life. And they open your heart and do open heart surgery. <laughs> and you just lie down there, quiet. You have ceased from all your labor. You stopped so they can walk. When you come to God, you do the same. No worrying, no, no bothering, no calling this person, calling that person. You stopped. You stopped. You lie quiet. Under the power of the Spirit of God. He will perform the word which he gave to you. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Every area of your life, you must enter that rest. The problem is you are too active. Too active. The Lord said to me, he said, you know, he said, you meditate on scripture, but let me tell you, at the end of the day, I'm the God that hears you. Except the Lord builds it. You are wasting your time. So when you come, like this evening, we're going to do Holy Communion. Take it in simple faith of a child and say, Lord, I've entered my rest. You are the God that what? You see this sickness? You are the doctor. You are the surgeon. You are the nurse. You are the everything. I just leave you to do what you came to do in my life. Heal me. That's why I brought myself here. I'm not struggling. I'm not fighting. I'm not trying to do anything. <laughs> All I came is to enter your rest and take this body and surrender to you.
you are the God that healed me. I'm not the one. And today, you are faithful. You will heal me. Uh, only me say amen. I don't know if you caught what I'm trying to tell you. As soon as we start taking this Holy Communion, don't struggle. Don't struggle with anything. Don't bo- look, don't bother yourself. Don't struggle. Just take it and say, Lord, thank you. You are the God that healed me. I'm entering your rest. I'm not bothering. I'm not worrying. This body, this, whatever sickness it is, you are the doctor. You are my healer. You take care of it. And you leave this house, you keep thanking him. You are my healer. I'm not bothering with it. You can take care of it. You know what he said to us? The reason you have overcome this world is because of the greater one that is where? Because that greater one can handle anything that the world throws at you. If you let him. If you let him. If you surrender to him. He can take care of it. But we think uh, I have to do it. I have to do that. I have to do this one. And if, as long as you are laboring, he will not labor. When you go to the hospital and doctor says, you know, I went there once. I went. Ah, immediately I told them that I had this thing, the pressure all over here. Ah, they said, don't move, don't move. So, and they, immediately and they took me to somewhere and put me down. And they, all, the, all the cardiologists ran to me. Ah, they were frightened. They said, no. so they were taking my blood. I said, my blood will finish. You've been here how many times? The, the girl was laughing. I said, how many more will you take? What is remaining now? The girl was laughing. I was just at peace. The God, my healer, the greater one is there. He will take care of anything. And I told the doctor, I said, I want to go. I'll go to Dale. He said, no, you can't go. Oh, I said, no, no. I said, I'm telling you I'm going to do. Oh, they did all the tests and everything. Came and looked at me. They said, you know, you don't have anything. I said, but we have, to, we have to strap you down, knock you out, sign paper. What we want to do can cost through. I said, it won't cost through for me. So I said, so they took me in. So they started putting something, camera, through my heart. So they were 60% when I woke up from there. <laughs> I laughed. I said to the doctor, I said, how far? He said, well, about 60 I said, but you know you are healthy. You are even healthier. I said, I'm healthier than you. So at the end of the day, they said, you can't find it. There's nothing wrong with you. We don't know why you came here. I said, I know why, and I know who is behind it. So they said, okay, we'll just put something on your heart and monitor you. By evening, you go home. By evening, they come, they say, there's nothing wrong with you. You are so healthy. Go. And they decide me, I was still walking like this. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it was like, something, like they put something like saying here, I was still walking like this. And the thing will happen to me when I enter church, will start. I'll dance and preach. When I leave, it'll start. I'll go and pick people from the airport, it'll still be happening. It happened for over one year. But I stood my ground. I said, He that walketh in me is greater than you. He that watches over Israel does not sleep or slumber. I have overcome you because the greater one is at work in me. My life is hidden in Christ and hidden in God. You have to kill Jesus before you kill me. Over one year. Nobody in this church knew. Even my wife didn't. And all the they said, there's nothing that's not wrong. We can't find anything. Go. What are we going to treat you for? There's nothing. Your heart is good. Everything is fine. Your pressure is fine. Go. They said, maybe you have gas in the stomach. I said, I don't have gas. 
I know who is doing that. Am I here? I'm asking you. It's nowhere to. Or when he left, I didn't know. Because I left it with God. I said, I'm not the healer. He is my healer. He's the one to take care of this thing. Why I enter his rest. And I rejoiced in the Lord. I just worship him. I took my mind off it. Completely ignored it. Because I said, you're not greater than Jesus. He's the greater one. Bigger than you. He's big enough to take care of it. Why I rest in the Lord my God. It's been 10 years and gone. And I'm looking younger. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Let him be your healer. Don't try to heal yourself. Leave him with whatever symptoms. Say, Lord, you are my healer. I'm not. I'm taking this holy communion to celebrate the ransom that has been paid for me. Once a ransom is found, the immediate is found. All this plague stops. The blood stops the plague. I'm not the one that stops plague. You stop it. Then my role is believe you. You perform your word. I don't perform it for you. My role is simply only believe and you perform it. If you understand me, shout hallelujah. That's why we fail. Because we, we, we take on things. We run all over the place. And we pray request here, pray request there. Making make plans, make do some worthless things. If you want God to handle your issues, Hebrew 14, for he that is entered into his rate, he also has seized from all his works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into the rest. Let's say any man fall after the same example of unbelief. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Did you hear me? If you heard me, shout Hallelujah. So what will happen now? We take the Holy Communion, we enter into rest, and God will go to work. Is there any sickness you can't heal? No. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for truly your word is true. We don't have to do anything. You never put Lebanon. No, you said no, 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 no. You said, come on to me. You that labor, I give you rest. Let me take over. Lord, today you will take over every person that takes this holy communion and trusts you. You will reveal yourself as his healer. Your name, you said the fragrance of your knowledge will go out. People will know that God is our healer. Your name will be glorified. Our joy shall be full. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.